cruising in my lane fast, call it high speed. I've been working hard, yeah, I've been working nightly. If you think you'll win, ha, nah, I'm likely. I be taking shots, yeah, cold-blooded, icy. Watching numbers grow is what I call sightseeing. In the front row, run it up when they hype me. The following grows, they know how to ignite me. Call me CEO, I've been running sh right, see. And I ain't playing games, I create my own lane, making pleasure out of pain, uh. Turning losses into gains, I'm the boss, I'm making change, I've been rocking this exchange, uh. Popping off and risking things, gonna make a fucking name, I just wanna be famous. But I don't want that cheap fame, no, I'm not that vain, I just wanna be greatness. Going off every chance I get I don't really take a loss Well, I'll admit Happy Wednesday, everyone Wow <laughs> That ended early yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, mm. did he spit on your stuff there? He did <laughs> Popped on mm. my phone <laughs> yeah. Hey, Wheezy How you uh, Hey, Stevie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good <laughs> That's good How are hey, you, Jade? Me <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. That's good. How are you? I'm good. Good. The See weather's you? so much cooler here. It's like yeah. in the 80s and low 90s. We went <laughs> from like almost 100 degrees and we went to like 70. And now tomorrow we're being told it's supposed to be like 64, I think. Wow. So it's like one extreme to the next. It's like I hate it. And Steve, what's I feel your, for you. Yeah. Steve, what's your weather like? Nice. It's always nice out here. Mm. 70 degrees. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. That's you suck. I've been wearing long sleeve shirts all summer. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's sweet. I need to do short sleeve. So anyway, um, let's say hi to everybody in the chat after I get my screen back because I just lost it. We have Mad Sloper. Bill H. Matt Slipper, are you uh, washed out in Vegas? Did it rain in there? What? Did it rain in Vegas? I missed that. There was a hurricane that went up that way? In Vegas? It went up. Oh, must, on the West Coast? I missed that one. I was worried about the one on the East Coast, the two on the East Coast. Okay. <laughs> Shane East <Wyman>. Coast. West <laughs> Coast. I missed the West Coast one. Hello, Aaron. And I and Aaron, I am so sorry to hear about your puppy dog. Uh, I know that, was, uh, that made me cry. Yeah, Aaron shot at a guy today. What? What? <laughs> well, he put what? it on Facebook. Travis yeah. <laughs> Kramer is all excited about going to EFD. I wish I was going now. And Joe Adele. If I'm saying that right, I'm, if I'm not, I'm sorry. Daniel Rausch, Scott Starbuck, Eric PPG Lear. Um, if you haven't read his comments, just so you're aware, Eric's going to be reading the chat. Leave your drama at the door tonight, guys. Please. <clears throat> um, 
you can ask questions and um, our guest said that he would answer whatever comes up. But just now that's a little hypocritical because when your co-host is one of the biggest drama queens in the sport. Yeah, well, well that's I've, true. Got, I've got the button on you right now too. So. <laughs> She's always got it on him. She cuts him out in a <laughs> second. Man, <laughs> double standards. <laughs> Anderson, Copay J, Trevor Steele, uh, Jeremy, John Wayne, and Justin. And if I'm missing anybody, I apologize, but I'm scrolling up as quick as I can. And yep. And Randy Milstead finally came out of his garage. So thank you all for joining us again tonight. looks like our, our usuals and Layla Jean Walters. Um, thank you for joining us. So let's get this show started. Let's introduce... Chucky, time to wake up. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. So did you go flying today? Uh, On a plane, yes, I did. On a plane? Yes. Um, Steve, did you want to ask, I guess, Yeah, I I wanted to kick this off before we start talking about the paramotor worlds and uh, and, uh, your progression in it. I'm just I'm curious about like who's Chucky like what's your background before you got into this I I saw some things on your older YouTubes before you started flying and it seemed like you were into like quite a lot and I'm just curious about your background education like where you work and what your what your passions were before that okay um I'll sum it up not take too long on it but I basically um extreme sports athlete um I came from a background of uh Sports, normal sports wise, would be uh, 16 years of soccer, 10 years of wrestling, a um, little bit of track and field. And then after high school, college wise, I went to Washington Community College for two years. Um, college really wasn't a thing for me. Became an automotive test technician for like four or five years at ZF Automotive in Michigan. So a lot of uh, engineering type stuff. And then selling jets for the last two years. So now I have a business doing. Uh, that down here in Florida. So that's how that all kind of worked. But YouTube wise, like where it all kind of started um, was obviously uh, wrestling kind of led to like bodybuilding, bodybuilding kind of led to doing shows. Those shows kind of led to me meeting uh, a lot of different people in the, in the sports world. So we did a lot of different collabs, YouTube videos of that sort. Um, so my earlier YouTube videos were just like random challenges, random uh, events, uh, just kind of anything that I can kind of test my physical abilities with and constantly push the boundaries with that kind of stuff. So that was, that's kind of my growing up, I guess, ish, um, in, in summary, in a very, very brief summary. And how'd you, how'd you get into aircraft sales? Um, so my ex, you don't have, you you don't have a private pilot's license or anything, right? Uh, no, I'm seven hours away from having it. So, I mean, I'll have it here in a minute, but, um, Yeah, an ex-person in my life, her cousin was the manager of the company. He came to something up in Ohio. We got together, we talked a little bit, and he's like, hey, would you like to come down and shadow for a day and see how this all works? And I said, sure. So I came down, I shadowed for a full like 10, 12-hour day of watching what someone does in the day of like spying and selling private jets. And it was a very strenuous day, to say the least, a lot to absorb in one day. Um, And then I went back home to Michigan. He hit me up like three or four days later. He's like, you have one week to make a decision. So no, I've been in Michigan for the last 16 years. Um, had a house, had everything up there, and uh, he's like, you need to move down. 
and you have a week to do it. So four days into him saying that, came down here and uh, started running a place and basically went to work two weeks prior to that text or following that text. That's what got me into it. And then, yeah, grinded for the first nine months, eight, nine months and quit that job because I realized I could do it on my own. I didn't really need the company to do it with them. So oh, oh, okay. that's so where we are now. It. Now you do it privately. Now, now, now I own a company doing it. Yeah. Okay. How was that company when you branched off on your own? <laughs> um, they weren't happy because I brought them a lot of money and then I uh, got sued. That's why I'm going to not compete for 12 months from the second I left. So I had to wait till basically November 6th to start working again. So it was fun. This has been a fun vacation year. Like I said earlier. I bet. Looks like so, you. Oh, go ahead. That's all right. I was just wondering. So when did you start flying paramotors? When did you start getting interested in paramotors? My first flight was oh, interested. Uh, would have been like 20, maybe end of 2018, beginning of 2019. I know my first flight was like August 11th, 2020. Yeah. I do remember that. And how did you learn? Self-taught, YouTube, reading, yeah. kind of the extent of it. Yeah. Three hours of kiting, and the next thing you know, I'm just sitting in a seat in the air, and then figuring out how to come down back, coming, uh, figuring out how to come back down to the ground. <laughs> and going to where did you go? And I saw you one of your videos, but it's been a while. Didn't you fly to a a restaurant too? A couple of them, yeah. yeah. Um, what was your first one? Heard, uh, first one was definitely a copycat of the McDonald's from yep. Tucker. Um, so, that's the video that got me in. Yeah. So not, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but you were the inspiration for my whole flying in a dress deal. Because I never really no did way. it. You put out the McDonald's video, and I've never flown to a McDonald's in my life, but I decided to put up a clickbait response to you. And yeah. so I did this <laughs> and, oh <my> <laughs> and I don't think anything of it because I, I always just thought of my, like back then that's before I even went to my first fly-in or anything. So I didn't think anybody was paying attention. But then when I went to my first fly-in, people were like, where's the dress? <laughs> and then it became just a, a weird gimmick. I think. And it was all because of you. <laughs> Why? How did how did that step? Why did you do McDonald's and why did you do a dress? Oh, just because I was being snarky because I was like, oh, here's another guy doing a McDonald's video. So I just did a clickbait thing, just being a jerk. And it's just because okay, of that enough. thumbnail. Then people started asking me where, where what's with the dress, and I decided to keep it. Pretty bad. They got the dress. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad, Steve. Back to didn't even see that <laughs> i didn't get to see it no no but back to that video there's so many things that went wrong in that video it was like looking back now that was probably one of the probably one of the worst flights in my entire life yeah, there was so many things that went wrong so many things broke so many times i just kept trying to get back in the like no no absolutely not you you had got uh, like a used blackhawk or something is that what you had started with yeah uh blackhawk talent 190 with i think a kestrel something three frame um, with a velocity core 30 meter wing, which I still do have this day. And it was made for a guy that was obviously like 265, 270 pounds. How many and hours thing, were on it when you bought it? How old was it? Point, se point, point seven. Point seven hours. Oh, okay. Zero point seven hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the crank bolt ended up breaking off like nine hours in. 
Yeah, I saw that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. All right. So Bonnie Franz wants to know where you're from in Michigan. Uh, Grozio, a little island 30 miles south of Detroit. Uh, my backyard is literally uh, Amherstburg, Canada, if anyone's familiar with that, like Windsor, uh, Amherstburg area. Oh, cool. Right across from the Grozio Municipal, Municipal Airport. Hmm. Okay. And Duxbit wants to know, has Chucky ever been fined by the FAA? Chucky has been fined by the FAA. I, didn't, I don't get out of all my FAA encounters like some other people do. Uh, yeah, I got fined uh, six grand actually for a couple of videos. And the way it all stemmed was me going to get my pilot's license. And when I was in the plane for a discovery flight with an instructor, uh, we both didn't have our seatbelt on. I had asked him like, hey, is it all right? Like, can we taxi without? He's like, yeah, no worries. Here I am recording it. I posted an entire video on it. We are wearing it while we're flying, but we're not wearing it when we're taxiing, which is complete polar opposite. You wear it while you fly, uh, you wear it while you taxi. You don't have to wear it while you're quote unquote flying. Um, and then they found the rest of my videos from that. And then they looked at like, you know, me flying over the Skyway Bridge. Um, there was questionable things of like flying over boats at like at like five six hundred feet. They couldn't really tell, but there was a lot of gray areas. So we we took a lot of the gray areas from like seven or eight counts that were on the things that they came to. We brought them down to three gave me a way smaller charge than they had originally anticipated gave, or re originally had planned on giving me. And uh, we also talked a lot about of like the unregulated stuff within the paramotor community as a whole. And one of the biggest ones that I still hope to have a further conversation with them is, is that whole flying over people or flying over a car, flying over a boat kind of thing, how planes have a rule where you can obviously, um, and I want to take too much time on this, but how planes have a rule where you can fly 500 foot above pretty much over anything, whether it be car related, whether it be boat related, bridge, structure, I think paramotor should have something similar to that where it's like 750 to like a thousand feet or 500 feet, somewhere in that threshold where you're able to do it if you need to go somewhere. But if, if by all means, like you need to get to a certain altitude, but that was something we talked about and actually discussed for like half an hour in my deposition that we had with the FAA. That's an interesting thing that I wonder if they'll actually change or do anything about. Okay. Yeah. I think based on what I've kind of understood, they like keeping certain definitions pretty vague. So that way, when they want to decide whether they want to throw a book at somebody or let them go, they can decide what the true definition is. Like, were you over a congested area or do we not really care about this? You know, they wrote it just like that. Like you just said, on purpose, it's supposed to be stupid written and read, but it's unfortunately a very smart way of doing it. So Trevor Steele wants to know, how does someone get as ripped as you are? Well, you first start off by going to the gym. And okay, that's already too much. <laughs> I had to quit jogging because ice cubes kept falling out of my glass. So how many days do you go to the gym? Uh, I go like five, six days. I train pretty rigorously. I've been training for like the last 11, 12 years. Obviously, I've got good genetics from my father, but overall, um, like majority of my – frame that I've built is from a lot of hard work and a lot of correct dieting over the years. Like it sucked, like not being able to enjoy a lot of foods um, between like the ages of 19 and 24, just because I was trying to be as strict as I can and try to get quote unquote the best shape of my entire life. I don't know for what reason, but um, just to kind of see what was physically capable at that point in time. Now I just more or less train for strength and not all looks just more or less just to be strong and healthy and be pretty much unbreakable ish. So he, you told me in the pre-show that um, being the bodybuilder, that that's the most unhealthy thing, basically? 
doing the physique competitions and the bodybuilding shows are when you're bringing your body down to that very, very low body fat percentage for that kind of amount of time. And the way that people do it starving themselves, dehydrating themselves, it's just very, very, very unhealthy. And there's a lot of things that hormonally go on within your body that you might not sometimes be able to come back from. It happens to a lot of girls. They have a lot of issues post-show, a lot of issues. Okay. You know, I said somebody to the gym the other day, I was like, behold the power and forge your body in the fire of your will. And he was like, dude, is that from the Bible? And I was like, no, it's Spider-Man, you jerk. Now get out of my way. <laughs> true story. Wendy Weaver wants to ask, um, being self-trained, would you share with us your sketchiest or scariest flight? <coughs> one was a McDonald's flight. It's still out there for people to watch. Uh, another one that was kind of scary, me not knowing winds, being on gear, that was way not unsafe just the gear is not it's the unsafe part it was the wing that was not meant for my size and me going up in wind conditions that i was not aware that were not ideal for me to fly and yet just obviously just me not knowing so i went for a flight out of the grozio airport and i headed out um it's probably like a 10 12 mile hour winter uh wind coming out of the west and i head out east going out over the water going to an island it's pretty big you can you can land out there it's open space uh but as I did that, I turned around. This is the first time I realized, like, holy crap, headwind. And uh, trims out on a, trimmed out on a 30-meter wing when you're only weighing, like, 195 at the time. Yeah, I was stuck over the water for, like, 40 minutes just trying to penetrate to get back to land. I did not know how to do it. I didn't know how to get back. So I was just consistently changing out to trying to find a way to get back. That was probably one of the scarier ones, just for the fact that I was like, wow, like, it's going to suck because I know I'm going in the water. Like, I'm not making it back to land. So do I just, like, backpedal and go somewhere else? But I can't because Canada's behind me. I can't physically go over that border into Canada to go land. Even if it's an emergency situation, it's not really, like, highly looked well upon. Um, go ahead. Travis wants to know, do you use flotation over water? And do you take steroids? <laughs> I do not take steroids and nor will I ever take any kind of testosterone booster or steroids. And that's been a big controversy in my life and question. I've been asked that question probably 200 times in my life to uh, Travis. No, I do not take steroids. Answer your question in flotation. No at the beginning. And then um, the more I started doing a lot more Florida over water flying, yes, I started to strap them on. Um, and then there would be instances where I just didn't wear them because I'm like, I'm going over water for like a short two, 300 foot. You know, I'm high enough. I'm not really worried about it. But majority of the time, if I'm flying any over any large body of water for over like a minute or two, depending on the length of the water gap, I tend to want to keep my flotation with me. But it's, yeah, yeah. Nine times out of 10, I normally have it if I'm going over the water. All right. And James. I believe Chucky had a good experience at Bad Apples. Is he considering other fly-ins in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had I had a little incident at Bad Apples, but I mean, I'm not going to bring too much light to that, but someone got up in my face when I landed, and I wasn't too fond about that, and it could have gone really south very, very quickly. But uh, Was he kind a of the gorilla? <laughs> yeah, I think something like that. See, up in oh, trees or on a tr trees and trike. They both start with a T. I don't really, I don't know. Mm. But yeah. But we supposedly worked that all out, so we'll, we'll find out. I think you were there plans. a day yeah. before I showed up. I was, yeah. I got there on like Thursday. Yeah, I, I was only there a day and a half this year. Um, Wendy the Explorer. Also, how long did it take you to get the guts to fly over water? And did you wear flotation when you first attempted flying over water? No, I did not wear the, the guts. I don't know. That was just, there was never really a fear of flying over the water. Um, obviously probably because I've never gone down in it or just had the fear of water, but, um, uh, da, 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 da. 
I guess the scariest time I've ever flown over water or what got me flying over water was I took a flight from Newport, Michigan. And I would, my goal was to fly to 10,000 feet. This is when I was still after like an altitude chasing thing in my head. I've always wanted to go go high when I first got into the sport. So um, I'm probably like six miles into a lake, no, no land anywhere near. That's probably like the most feared I've ever been from uh, fearful I've ever been being over water was in that flight. And uh, I ended up being in Ohio by the end of that flight and ended up having to crawl my way back and had an engine out, or I guess I ran out of fuel in my buddy's backyard. That was, that was kind of a fun end of that flight. What's your highest flight you've ever taken? Uh, 17.5. 17.5, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Seven and 17,400 or 477 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He knows it's like just off of there. And I had the like most inefficient win too at that time. I had like 160 hours on it and all that. So tell us about that flight. Was it cold? How cold? <laughs> was it yeah that was that was interesting um yeah yeah it was cold uh, my face was fine my hands were actually relatively good if i didn't have to keep taking it on and off to to ch constantly check the gopro or the altitude um spatial awareness wise my head wise like um cognitively wise i was completely all there like remember watching the footage back after i had gotten down i'm like i remember everything i did i did little cues with my hands too and like movements just to make sure like i was actually getting a good like connection to like having enough oxygen in my head i'm like i know where i'm at and then i checked my obviously my my, my hypoxic whatever my little meter thing to check where my blood o2 was actually at and it was never dropped below like 83 84 the whole time so um but yeah it was cold i mean it was it was freezing um my chest actually got the most cold and i had like five layers on so that was very interesting everything else was warm though hmm. all right um... so within You've spent a couple trips with Trevor Steele now, most recent one, um, doing some more training with him. Do you want to elaborate more on like your goals that you've been kind of setting for yourself lately with flying, what you're trying to work on, maybe things that you've learned from Trevor from a, a big perspective to just including a flying perspective, if that's changed your perspectives, attitudes or whatnot? So stunts aside, doing dumb videos and, and all that stuff, viral crap, um, just focusing on flying and flying alone, not advanced training, not doing acro, none of that kind of stuff. I've taken away a lot of the safety aspects of it, like especially out west flying. I mean, not that it applies necessarily to me in Florida, but it, it, it applies regardless, like the fundamentals of flying. Um, inspecting and checking my gear a little bit more frequently, actually checking the weather and knowing the weather a lot. And then uh, just kind of just having an overall understanding of everything and how everything works, like the way the wind reacts in certain, um, certain times of day, midday flying, like just a lot of things I didn't know being um, self-taught. But um, I, I think the more time I spend out there, the more I'm actually wanting to learn kind of where you're actually headed to is, is paragliding wise. I got a harness while I was out there and I'm like, I think that's the next true step in learning not progression of paramotoring, but learning how to become a better pilot with a wing above my head is like learning the paragliding kind of uh, fundamental way. I don't, I'm not answering your question in the best way possible right now. I'm just trying to think like my goals and like what my aspirations were from actually what I've retained from Trevor. And there, I mean, an abundance of knowledge, I can tell you that much. I mean, I've got most of it sort of my head. Somehow I'm not able to present that right now. <laughs> Can't put do you plan to together. go back? Do you plan to go back and spend more time with Trevor? Yeah, I mean, he's he might be coming down and uh, training some people here in Florida. I told him he can come stay here for two weeks. I have five or six buddies in Michigan that are going to come down and 
possibly get trained for him for like one or two weeks. So we'll do some flying down here, go to the Keys and do some flying and stuff like that. But I'm definitely going to go back out to Utah. I'm going to probably spend at least two months out of every year, at least either Utah, Oregon, or um, um, Washington, because I want to get into paragliding. Obviously, I can't really do that here. Point of the Mountain is going to be a great place for it. It's it's crowded, but you're not going to land in a tree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Got to avoid seventy-five other people flying at the same time. Yeah, I noticed that on the north side at uh, in Salt Lake City, that was wild. There was like legit thirty-five, forty-five people up there, and I'm like, it's kind of interesting to know how much spatial awareness these guys have. If those are paramotor pilots in that small of a space, it just isn't feasible. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the questions. Mad Sloper wanted to know if you had any um, plans to try PG or have you flown PG already? Have you flown PG already? I've been underneath the glider without my motor twice, and I've probably been in the air for like 40 seconds because I jumped off a hill that was like 1,500 feet, 1,200 feet, something like that. Yes, I have huge intentions to start paragliding. That's going to be a a larger focus. Probably won't make a lot of videos on it, but that's something I want to do just to kind of enjoy being like, it's like a soul part of the the experience of flying for me. Like that's something I want to go out and just enjoy, relax, listen to music, and just literally learn real flying that's to me that's like real flying i guess in my eyes definition wise it's sort of how i felt about it too which is why i'm excited to do it but paramotor flying wise is there anything that you're trying to do in the near term maybe acrobatic wise or anything that does come with some risk I mean, other than learn, I mean, I learned, I didn't post any, I didn't post most of my training yet, but um, I mean, I learned some minute wing overs and stuff like that. We got some full wingers of in. Um, I'd like to learn barrel rolls, but that's down the road. I know my skills aren't there for that kind of thing yet. Um, stats, maybe just to try it once, just to say, I might do an SIV course. Yeah. That, to sum that question up, probably an SIV course to kind of further my skills. But no, like anything stunt wise would be flashy at a flying or anything like that. No, I can care less. I'm just out here to go fly. A little bit of low maneuvering, but not anything like crazy or like hard. No, more or less cross country and a little bit of light, light, light acro. Like on the on the scheme on the the scheme of things, very very light. Probably less than even what you do. How was that? Not done in SIV. Yeah, I, I have me. Yeah. No, but you don't do any one. acro at all. Oh, me? You you've not done an act uh, SIV no, class? No, 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 <clears throat> no, not yet. How was your first wingovers that you were doing? Was what was going in your mind? How'd you how'd you feel about those? Was it like, oh, this is a little too much, or you know? Yeah, I guess like having so obviously I have Trevor in my ear telling me he's like I'm like I'm thinking like I'm all the way over and he's like you need to continue holding it and like you know keep pushing like way way more vivid instructions than what I'm describing right now. But like he's like no 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 keep holding keep holding keep holding a little bit more power. I was very hesitant. I didn't want to give it more power. I didn't want to pull harder. I like did it. My brain's like, I don't want to go into it. Cause I'm like, I'm waiting for the outside tip to collapse. Like I've just seen so many collapses. I'm just like, I'm waiting for it to collapse, even though I know the, the odds of it not reinflating and I have a reserve, but yeah, I think, I, I don't know, Trevor, if he has to ap- ap- pop a question up on here, I think I maybe had like two or three successful ones, but it's, it's a weird feeling in my brain. Like, especially being a little bit, I don't know if being heavier changes anything, but like, like it just feels like I, I'm like large inside of the harness, and I don't know. I just it just feels weird. Hmm. Like, all right. So, hang on. I gotta scroll back up. Why is Jeremy asking you how warm the pond is at Bad Apple? Because <laughs> I went into it. <laughs> Everything's better when wet. <laughs> Do you know there's beaches yeah. in there? Ew. Uh, whatever. They weren't on me, so. 
<laughs> There's a few people that have been in the pond. <laughs> yeah, there was five or six this year. Yeah. Um, James I was more actually. I, I was. I was more annoyed at the pond thing. Uh, not that I know that no one could really do anything, but I was more annoyed that everyone wanted. There was like 25, 30 people that came up and wanted to film. Not, not that I'm not okay, but no one asked if I was all right. It's more or less just like, oh my gosh, I got Chucky inside of a pond. This is amazing. And I was like, that's kind of effed up, actually. Like, I'm literally looking around. My, my GoPro's like filming. Like, I have all the content in there that I'd never even posted because I was like, this is kind of the darker side that I just don't want to post. I'm like, that's kind of messed up that not one person, maybe like one person like offered me a hand. I was like, okay. Gotcha. Everyone's got yeah. their phones out, but no one can help. But everyone else is in the water. Yeah, look at them copping up water. Yeah. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> not, I didn't care. Like, I can, I can get out. I'm fine. I don't care. But it's just like everyone else got help but me. I'm like, okay. Yeah, gotcha. that's not nice. That's bad manners. <laughs> right. Um, James um, wants to know what the size of your with your whoa 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 next question (laughs) (laughs) your size are you considering maybe a cage that can swing a 140 prop in the future is your mav only swinging a 125 prop now yeah spinning 125 i'm on i have to test i've flown the mav max i love it i could spin a 140 on there i really want to try a max fly i want to see what this hype is all about so Trevor's got me kind of turned on him. A couple other people that have posted some videos on him. I, I'm, those things are looking kind of promising. Bonnie wants to know what equipment do you have now? Uh, just a Maverick. Um, I think it's a My 22. What's your and, wing? And your wing? It's a 22 Speedster. Three. Okay. And I'm 205. So 205 pounds, 206 pounds. Jeremy so wants to know. About your YouTube creative process, how do you turn your ideas into videos? What planning and research, etc. It's wild. I'll take things from like a bodybuilding world. I'll take things from like random vloggers that do like random dumb challenges, and I'll see how I can like co-integrate it with paramotoring. Or I kind of look at things like on a map. I'll literally be looking like, okay, can I fly to this spot? Can I do an activity at this spot? Can I make this into a vi-? like? It's I think there's more energy and time put into me thinking about how to create whatever I'm about to go do versus actually doing the flying attribute of it. Like the, the idea is the hard part, but I guess the way I go about it is I'll watch videos. I'll get an idea. Somebody does it in a car, a motorcycle, a scooter, or um, something related to uh, a water sport, something like that. And I'm trying to see how can I integrate it and use, you do it with a paramotor versus how people are like normally doing it with, like I said, any of the other kind of vehicles. And that's, that's kind of how I get my ideas is, brainstorming off other people's ideas ish. I probably come out with my own idea, maybe three times out of 10, four times out of 10. One of the questions that Jeremy was wanting me to ask is, uh, um, what's your, what's your current like status on like your personal risk assessment, like going forward? Are there things that you're like, I'm never taking it this approach this way again. Am I dialing it down or I want to still try some other things like overall in the course of the year, has your mind changed about risk? Um, I, I think going forward, I try to mitigate it. Obviously as anyone gets older, you, you tend to get a little bit wiser. Um, I, I still want to progress. So my, my mind's open to the learning process of newer things. And I understand that there's going to be potential that there's either a crash or a collapse or something of that sort. 
obviously I'm trying to mitigate it the best way I can moving forward, but um, we all know that's not, that's not a hundred percent guarantee. Um, but overall, I don't think I'm pushing the sport in an acro level or anything that's going to really put me in a point where I'm scared to continue to progress on the things that I'm working towards. And those things would be like mission flying or like, you know, just kind of like fun video ideas or, I don't know. It's just all going to come down to the creative idea that I come up with, but risk wise. No, I don't think I'm slowing down anytime soon. I don't think I'm going the opposite way and I'm going to digress and chill in this big old safe zone. I'm still in that middle to like higher up, but I'm liking to chill in the middle right now. What about uh, for your mission flights? And when you're doing long XCs, are you, um, is your thought process and the planning of it going to be any different compared to what you've done in the past? Like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be like 10 minutes away from an out or, you know, things to that nature. That's a good question, dude. That's a really good question. It's hard because I put so much trust in that motor that obviously can take a crap any point in time. Mm-hmm. And just I, I've never had the issues where it just dies on me on, on power yet. You know, it just it sucks because I need to have that more to like reassure me that it does and it will probably happen. Um, yes, but no, I think. I think a little bit, I could take a little bit more planning when it comes to the route and how far of a distance I'm going to have for and out. I'm sure there's going to be times where I'm flying above a tree line and I'm 10 foot above a tree line that goes for like a mile. I'm sh- I'm sure of it. And I- I'm here just hoping and trusting my motor or I'm flying downwind, going over the water like I've done 60 miles an hour and I'm like a half a foot above the ocean. If I go down, I go down. Like my motor died, like I'm screwed, trimmed out. Like, yeah, there's, there's, I think there's going to be a little bit more risk assessment and that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll analyze and put myself in better situations versus just having a quick amount of fun to gain 20 miles an hour or fly lower over a tree line here and there. Uh, the other big wants to know what oh, part of I'm Florida sorry. you're from. Uh, Sarasota. I was born in Miami, so I lived there the first 10 years of my life. And then Michigan, the, the rest, and then I just moved back down. For work. Yeah. Bonnie wants to know, other than winter, why would you move to move from Michigan to Florida? Well, you answered that kind of. Some family in Miami. My grandmother lives in Miami. Um, other than that, yeah, it's just work. And I guess I get to fly in the wintertime, which honestly, I never really appreciated not caring about snow that much. But I'm obsessed with snowboarding, which kind of blows too. But Michigan's not a snowboarding state. You want to go snowboarding, go out west. Yeah. Jeremy wants to know oh, who's God. faster, <laughs> Chucky on one wheel or his dog? Oh, that dog is the Hank's so much faster. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog is Hank? Hank's so much faster. I'll get Hank. Come here. He's a cat of hula. Come here, Hools. We'll put him on the we'll put him on the podcast. Come here. This dude runs like 35 miles an hour. Come here. This this is the Hanksters right here. Oh, <laughs> oh he's like a oh, like a big old dog. Oh, oh look he's got different yeah. colored yeah, he, eyes. He's, he's He's a big dude. He's like 70 pounds. So what is he? He's a Catahoula. Catahoula. They're like... Uh, you call uh, <laughs> cat call. <laughs> no, cat, uh, Catahoula. They're out of Louisiana. They're uh, kind of a cattle dog, but mainly a bird dog. Oh, okay. Um, Aaron, I ask him why he feels the need to free climb. You might mean free fly. <laughs> it's like free fly. What? 
And is juice is hard to squeeze, but it can't be. We should have Aaron retype that question. Yeah. Aaron, you're drunk. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't even try to guess what he's trying to say. <laughs> um, besides Trevor Steele, who's kind of helped you out the most or you found that's most helpful? Mike Potter, when I first got started, and there was another guy, dude, I cannot remember him for the life of me. It's Matt or something like that um, in Michigan. Um, who else is actually – Jeremy actually was kind of helpful when I first got uh, kind of got started, too, up in Michigan. Jeremy's been a helpful hand. He's been very neutral on everything, too, which I've always respected. He's gave his viewpoint, never held back. Who else? Um, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's some names I just can't think of them off the top of my head because it was probably about a year, year and a half ago. There's a lot of positive reinforcement on my stupidity. At my stupidest, lowest times, there's a lot of people that are still trying to be positive. And I respect and appreciated that at that point in time. That was, that was nice. I'm like, I know there's a point in time where I need to settle down and stop doing stupid shit. And there comes the FAA just knocking at my door. I'm like, here it is. Yeah. Nice that you brought that up because, I mean, I'll admit, like, personally, sometimes, like, I would get, like, really resentful thinking, like, Man, if I did some of those things, those people would just ostracize me. But maybe that was like a wrong assumption on my part. I've always assumed like if I made a mistake, like people would just like throw the book. I wouldn't, I'd lose my friends. Like I didn't realize maybe people can actually be pretty forgiving, you know, and, and give second chances and stuff like that. Or thirds or fourths or fifths. <laughs> uh, like 13, 14, yeah. <laughs> Travis DuPont wants to know if you've ever flown it up by Navarre, Florida. He's going up there for vacation and he's going to bring his paramotors. It's up in the panhandle. Um, I flew Pensacola. Uh, is it Pensacola? No, not Pensacola. Where the hell is it? Um, it's New Samara Beach. I flew it. So, uh, yeah, New Samara Beach. I don't know where that is. Day is that Daytona? No, it's not Daytona. That's fucking East Coast. Um, yeah, New Samara Beach. So, like, the most northwest you can go in Florida, basically. And I, I want to put in a quick here. disclaimer about Navarre, Florida. So Navarre, Florida is actually a very, very tightly controlled, precious LZ. If anybody wants to fly there, you can, but you got to get with Jacques Burton. Jacques Burton's super easy to work with. He's super chill. He's a super nice guy. He put up with me. I'll just <laughs> tell you that. But you hear that, Travis? <laughs> his, his area does have some very sensitive things. He's active in working with a local military base. He has a house right at the LZ pretty much. It's great, but just ring up Jacques Burton. If you forget the name, buzz me. I'll send you over to him. But It's pretty there. Yeah. that it's, really it's a great spot. It's tightly controlled, but just get with the smart guy there if you try flying there. Mm -hmm. uh, Mad Sloper said let chucky know that he can paraglide in miami through miami paragliding they offer tow training so tow up and ride some thermals all day sounds like the bumpiest ride of my life and it sounds like <laughs> some good that sounds like some good adaptation to bump tower 100 yeah. percent. although don't they like to ride thermals and that their whole yeah day? that's exactly it yeah yeah that's exactly it well it's not like Everybody enjoys riding thermals. It's, <laughs> yeah. You have to get your lift. 
the first time my instructor went paragliding in Brazil and hit like level 10 thermals, I mean, he was scared to death, but you eventually get used to it, apparently. And then you're going to get back in a paramotor and be like, oh, this is nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you what, right now, the first time I ever ride successfully my first thermal and gained some serious altitude, y'all are going to know about it. I'm going to be the best in the world. You ain't going to miss And you're And you're going to Italy next? And he's going to be saying, I may be, I may be loaded, but I ain't rich. Uh, oh, John Wayne says that he's got a dog just like yours or Louisiana. State. Yeah, hunt hogs. My bad. Okay. This one hunts birds, but his hunts are they're meant to hunt hogs. Yeah. Oh, okay. My little dog hunts squirrels and whatever he can get. And my <laughs> Yeah, and chickens and whatever he can get a hold of. No, he didn't do the chickens. <laughs> no, he didn't. But he would if I would have. If I would have let him, he would have had a chicken. <laughs> yeah, Mad Sloper says, yeah, you need to put up with the bumps to stay bumps up. To stay. Yeah, that's it. So tell me about where did I see you go? Brazil. Brazil at the beginning of the year. Yeah, um, Daniel's like, come out here, we'll go flying. And then I'm like, I've never been to Brazil, so. Um, was out there for like two and a half, three weeks, and wow. uh, that was pretty fun. Flying out there, I only got one day of literal flying, so that was kind of unfortunate. Weather was just not super cooperative, sunny, but just the winds were just way too, way too violent. But I got to go to the top of a favela, which was a wild experience. So cool. So I've got a question about your past with some controversy. Um, why were people upset with um, saying, oh, he moved from Michigan, now he's down in Florida, and he's going to have us lose our LZs? What was that? Oh, that's Gorilla. That's 100% Gorilla. Okay. Um, which is, so I, I don't really understand where this guy was coming from. It actually happened at Bad Apples again, too. He's like, you're getting us kicked out of LZs, blah, 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 left and right, which is very, very funny considering the fact that the LZs that I use aren't even known by any other pilots, like, except for like one of them. And, and what I was doing out of this one was taking off and leaving or practicing touch and goes on an empty afternoon with no cars. Nobody's even in the park, but overall, most of my spots or my, like my mission flights are kind of just one-off locations. Like no one knows about them. I normally have to one wheel or I kind of trek back into like a woods. I literally go on like Google maps like most of us probably do. And I kind of look up a spot and I, and I'm like, okay, this seems like a cool kind of spot kind of, you know, logistically put away in a corner away from everyone else. I'm not going to, pretty much bother anybody. And um, I don't know where this guy is getting some information from. I don't know if it's the bottom of a can that's allowing that, that kind of verbiage to come to light, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what he meant by that at all. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, that was interesting. I know when I tried doing a trip to do some Florida beaches, I had a hard time finding stuff that was going to be, well, it was a mix between where I could camp and where I could like, People could just tell me, like, hey, you can fly here. You can do that. This place is cool. But I know up in, like, Oregon, say Chucky, like, moved up here and was like, man, I want to try some coastal flying. And I'm just going to yeah. find a beach I don't see anybody in. It's not going to be a big, big problem. I'm not going to tick anybody off. And I didn't know, but, like, until I came here and people in the state were like, actually, Dell screwed up the entire coast for us. And... Cause this was where he was shooting birds. He was doing all sorts of stuff. And then when locals got mad, 
he started running his mouth and just made a matter. So Washington and Oregon, they just kind of shut it all down. Well, since then, we actually do have secret spots. But if you go out there, like those secret spots were curated by paramotorists who actually worked with the locals and was like, hey, it's just me and my buddies. We ain't going to piss anybody off. Can you? And so they kind of like grown it. But if you were to go to like an empty beach, which happened recently out here a couple months ago, and just like fly and think you're not going to bother anybody. If a city manager or somebody sees you, what happened two months ago is some guys were coming down the coast going from Washington to California and they went into some like empty areas they thought wasn't going to be a big deal. City managers started calling and it's not like those guys created the problem. The problem is they started calling, say, like the port of Tillamook where I'm from. And it's like these guys are an issue. All of a sudden, you know, the trainer's getting called and everybody's getting super fussy about it again. So especially like up here, the, the major rule is like, if you want to do anything coastal, just call a person. We can tell you where you can go without making somebody mad. That's so frustrating because down here, obviously, like most spots, you can go and you can fly almost anywhere you want. You want to go over the beach, just go out over the water, completely fine. Most places, I mean, it's too heavy, it's too densely populated too. I feel like there's 23 million people in this freaking state, so... Well, and I think, I think part of the problem with new people coming in um, is we just don't understand the history of what, you know, a lot of our problems today, whether it's Florida or here, is caused from people 10 to 15 years ago. Yeah. That were like really screwing around, really pissing people off, running their motors next to rich people's beach houses that oh, yeah. has, has some sway. And so when we come into it now, it's like, Hey, I'm not over people or houses. Why can't I fly here? And we don't understand, you know, the history and context. So that way, so when we end up doing it and everybody in the community is mad thinking that we're going to, you know, ruin their LZs, you know, unfortunately that the history never gets taught in the sport of all the people who screwed up before us and why we got even a little bit more restricted. Which sucks because someone's coming to a new location. They're like, okay, I'm going to follow FAR 103. That's all I have to do. And if they yeah. just follow that, they're like, oh, are they clear? And then they make a post or something in a group. Everyone's bashing them in their head. They're like, what did I do that's so wrong? Like, what did I do? Like, I didn't break any rules. It's like, well, no, you broke the unspoken rules that were implanted here 10, 15 years ago that no one told you about because you didn't ask. But is it their responsibility to ask or is it should be – I wonder if there's just like a place we could go to like look up versus having a call or contact. Like we just have like written rules in different states. Like we have a page where just like all these different areas. Here's where you can kind of fly, blah, blah, blah. I mean it would take some time to make, but it would – My friends have found some paragliding apps that do that. But even in paragliding, like say you went solo in paragliding today. Yeah. You're going to have – and say you did the same thing, you know, just, hey, I, I, I think I get it. I'm going to go fly here. I think yeah. you would have an even worse time because there's sites that require Ushba insurance, P ratings. You know, those guys are even more, most paramotor people, if you just come to them and you're a, a decently chill dude and you just ask a few questions, you'll make a friend pretty fast. Yeah. I've kind of seen in the paragliding world, there is some serious divisions and stuff. And I mean, I, I get, I don't know the culture of it too much yet but i i've seen that some of their drama can even be worse than the paramotor group way worse really from what, I've seen, from what chris mm -hmm. and ashley told me yeah it can get pretty bad oh just just talking to those guys out in utah they're just they take it very seriously and they're like yeah don't fuck up any they're like 
part of my friends, but they, they're like, don't fuck anything up out here. Like not towards me, but like just telling some of the new guys that were coming out there for their first flight. They're like, fly here. Don't leave here for however much. Like, they're just strict because they don't want their shit getting taken away. Like, I, I don't yeah. like, I get And I've, I've had those guys go to me even when I've tried to approach them very humbly and say, hey, I'm just new. I'm a motorist. I'm just getting into this. And I'll have one guy that's my best friend. And I'll have another guy that's like, you better follow the rules. And, you know. Yeah. And they mean it. So. Which at the end of the day, I don't want, I don't want anybody to, you know, lose those spots, you know, where I am in Tillamook, I don't travel very often anymore. So my spots are all I get. So if I lose some awesome Cape on the beach, you know, I just can't go to a new one. So I kind of get it, but I, I do think as a community, we need a little bit, be a little bit better that when you're getting training or you're talking to people online, people just reiterate like, Hey, make a few friends. And call some people like, hey, you want to go fly in this state? Here's your guy to call. You can have a fun time with them. You won't piss anybody off. But we're horrible at coaching that, you know, and really getting in your head that if you're brand new, you don't know what you don't know. We're great at post-coaching. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying this to preach to say, like, excuse your mistakes or justify, you know, myself, but. I think overall we're, we kind of suck at getting the good knowledge out there for people who travel that they really should have like, Hey, I'm going to go out of state. I need to send a quick Facebook message to somebody and then boom, I'm good to go. And yeah, I'm all I respect care. the guys that post to the group that are be like, Hey, I'm going out here. I'm going to be trying to find these areas. And then, and then the group starts going. It's like, that's good. That's good. Like, I, I think that's helpful. But does everyone post immediately when they want to, some people I think are nervous to post inside the group too. They're nervous because um, especially, you know, before you and I were really in it, like it used to be much worse within fighting. I mean, it was really? horrible. People just dogged and trashed. Like it was 10 times worse than what it is today. And I, I've trolled you yeah. horribly. It used to be worse than that. Um, you know, it, but I think there's a bunch of us that we, at the very minimum, even if we're wrong, we're starting to get to a period where many of us aren't taking ourselves so seriously like they did the last decade. So we're able to come back and be like, was I wrong about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> West side is West side. I, I'm going to argue that West side is not the West side. No, do, do we? <laughs> What'd she do? She's going like this. I didn't do anything. Are you making fun of me? No. Oh, the wrong thing up. Um, do we have any videos of Chucky? Steve, do you? I mean, he's got a YouTube channel. You guys yep. don't have anything pulled up? I don't. <laughs> Hang on. Lordy Lord. The time I, get I love you, Steve. Oh. Steve is the next step. Is the next step. I mean, I talked to Trevor about it. But I think the next step after paragliding, I, don't, I think it'll be like kind of mixed with it is going to be speed flying. I talked to Carl out there. That's like the next like biggest venture. It's kind of scary, but it's kind of like welcoming in a terrifying way. If yeah. I was You're, younger, I would try speed flying. I think it is so cool. I don't want to speed fly. I don't want to take a fast letter. I just. Oh man, I think. It's I mean, so I cool. get the appeal, but yeah. I mean, maybe after I do paragliding, I'll. Not like carving the canyons. You don't have to barrel rolling right in between. Like I'm just talking like 
You're like thousand foot above any kind of terrain. You're just coming down massive. It's coming arc. down fast. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know how to land fast. It's pretty much come to your ass, and you just glide it out. But I mean, I just seem like that's yeah. you just have so much more glider control once you've learned to have that kind of glider control. Yeah. Have, have you skydived yet? Yeah. I, I mean, not by myself. I've gone six, seven times though. I mean, okay. I need to go by myself. Does your girlfriend fly? She does not, but she's getting into the sport. And I told her, I'm like, you do realize, like, there's, like, very few women that, that, that do the sport. And she's yeah, like, she's oh, really? Scary. I thought there was a uh, – she, she went for her first tandem actually last week with Matteo in uh, on South Beach, Miami. Yeah, she needs to get into it. There's not a lot of women that fly. Yeah, she, her first experience was face planting the ground. <laughs> well, that happens. My first experience was getting dragged backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy wants to know, have you thought about doing Team Fly Halo's water landing training? Um, No, but I think that's the one Jeremy did. So he's probably like, Chucky, you should do what I did. I'm like, I'm down to do any SIV. I don't, I don't really, I'm, I'm open to anything. It's going to, it's regardless, either that or whatever one's out in Cali that Trevor just went and did. Um, and then what's, I mean, isn't there another one here in Florida too? Is it, I think it's Fuller's, but I didn't, I've heard great things. I've heard not so great things. So at an SID course, I want to hear relatively good things. Right. And what's your most favorite uh, flight? Gosh, damn it. <laughs> um, That's a hard thing. Yeah. Watch your mouth. This is a kid's show. I said, gosh, dang it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Keys. I want to learn more about the keys too. And what, I don't even know how to answer this one. Um, now that's a long drive, really long drive for you. You yeah. have to fly. <laughs> so the Keys was cool. It wasn't the best flight. No? No. It was, it was crystal clear water, but it was not the best. I, uh, I think some of my – I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't have a favorite flight yet, I guess. I think there's like three. I think two of my favorite flights were like within my first five flights ever flying just because I – was fully engulfed in, in, I was like, this is so magical. Like when you first, I think when you first start, it's that endorphin release. And obviously as you do it more and more and more, you don't get the same kind of release. So I think when I was fresher in the sport, the first couple of flights were just like incredible. Like I was just so stoked to be getting up in the air and then landing. It's just like, you don't get that as you continue doing it for years. Like it's always fun. We're getting up, we go fly, we land, but it, it's like when you first start, it's like the, nothing ever feels like when you first started. Okay. John Wayne said squirrel suit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, eventually. I mean, I'm down for that. That's that's not that's less scary to me than speed flying it. We need to get out of Florida then. <laughs> yeah, Florida's not the place for anything we're talking about. Other than bear motoring. Unless you're doing it off of a skyscraper. What are some deficiencies that you've heard about SIV training? Like what have you deficiencies yeah that could be lacking on places you could go without naming anybody like bad things that happen inside of sivs well i know about accidents and stuff like that is is that what you're kind of thinking like hey i know of some incidents no 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 no. people people could die whether it's in a training or an siv course uh more or less i really really want a good coach that's going to represent and teach me during that process, uh, obviously underneath a stressful situation, because there could be some, I don't know, I, I've only known like three or four instructors, but I'm, I'm assuming I just want something that's overall 
I want to, I want to be able to do like five or six or seven um, toes in a day. And I don't just, I just don't want to, I want to go somewhere where I can get a lot of repetition in. Cause a lot of these guys go and they do it like, they get like one or two reps in and they're tired, they're beat. Um, I want to be able to go out there and just rep, get repetition and learn a lot of different situations. Yeah, I want to, actually, I saw that thing good. where they were using a scrap motor or a, uh, the scout carbon with no, or maybe it had a motor on it and they were pushing people right off the boat, like face first. And they were having them hold their breath and get out of the harness. And I saw that on some chicks um, Instagram. Um, I was like, that actually seemed kind of helpful. Like having a scrap frame, you know, not being in too deep in water, but like getting pushed in face forward and figure out how to get out of the harness is kind of a, I was like, that's actually pretty helpful. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Max Acro is like the next big one in California. If you haven't heard of him. Are there just two in, in the United States? No, there's no. more, but those are sort of the two most active that I'm aware of. Uh, Max Acro, he's a, uh, Max Marion's a, a paragliding guy and he's highly rated for doing that kind of stuff. See, that's where somewhere I'd kind of want to go. I want someone that's constantly doing it on a weekly basis. Like they're busy working six, seven days out of a week, out of a week. Not someone that's like, oh yeah, I haven't done an SIV training class in like three months, but come on over. <laughs> yeah. I kind of just want Fancy Fuller to see his pigs and ducks at his house. That's that's the only <laughs> reason why I want to do this SIV. <laughs> He's like an hour for me too, which is nice. Tell me about your para camping. Oh God, I can't talk. About, I mean, I could talk about that one. I wasn't legally allowed to camp on that island. I found that out because I know the guys that when I flew over Egmont Key, they contacted me. They're like, yeah, you can't fly over this. And then the signs were down from the hurricane. So I didn't know anything about, so Jewfish Key, which is, it's actually a naked island. So you're allowed to go out there and you'll see in the summertime. Girls and guys of all ages are butt ass naked on this little island, but no one's there this night. Um, landed there, um, wind started to pick up that night, 19, 20, 25, like throughout the night. Um, extreme, it was a bird sanctuary. I was not aware that there was no birds until the nighttime came. There was a crap ton of birds. That's all I heard all night. It was like 38, 42 degrees, cold November <clears> or something, Florida night, which was very, very rare. I have sweatpants on, some shorts. Um, I brought a towel as a blanket because I was trying to pack as as I could. I throw my wing bag over my lap. Like, I'm legit freezing. I'm, like, right there in the Gulf of Mexico on a little tiny island. Like, I have the whole thing on my hard drive. I'd love you to post it one day. I might post it, like, in a year from now or something like that and talk to these guys and be like, hey, this was way back in the day. Can I post it now? Because that would have been such a sick video. I actually took the time, made really cinematic footage, really good commentary. Like, I probably spent, like, four hours on the video work alone. And then, um, yeah, the morning of gusting 37 42 mile an hour Wow! so that was i was literally laying there kind of trapped like and i eventually ended up launching with like probably 30 mile an hour. that was that was the hardest launch of my entire life hands down i had about 35 40 pounds of gear gear so like a one wheel weight worth of gear and i got off the ground after like 25 30 minutes of non-stop with motor on my back trying to fight the wing not to go into the water because the island's probably only as wide as maybe 60 foot 70 foot and then the, the width was like four or five hundred feet but yeah, the wind was coming on the 60 to 70 foot portion. So it was the hardest launch of my entire life. I was I was yelling, cursing. Like, I have the whole video. I should just post some clips of it. I was so mad. Mad Sloper says you can use your wing as a blanket or a windbreaker. Oh, I did. Oh, I was there. Yeah, it did not keep me warm enough, though. Couldn't use my towel as a blanket. I got a towel in my bedroom I, I can use as a lampshade. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> we should we should stage a moment for me to use like later 
I don't know, get Chucky talking, and I just stop him and be like, I think you're a piece of crap. All right. <laughs> Do something more. Well, I think your face that. looks like roadkill. <laughs> Go for it, Chucky. Just give it right back to him now. <laughs> yep. I'm normally on a savage back unless you get in my face like Gorilla did. I was very savagery that day. I've got some good footage of that one, but I'm normally pretty polite. Even when people are assholes or dicks, I'm normally pretty respectful. I will say that uh, for because I've been I've been probably one of Chuck, Chucky's top dicks. Wait, I need that's not that, that was wrong. That was wrong. But you knew it too. the thing that I one of my personal pet peeves is people with anger issues. And I gotta say, he didn't really have that. No, I wasn't. I, was, I don't think I was ever rude. Maybe like a little contradictory, but like I was never a dick. And I think that's what we like about you is you've always been a pretty decent, you know, person. And oh, very polite. Yeah, I appreciate that. Although he does make me laugh a lot of the time. Like I see shit when he's going off on people. I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm not on the stick anymore. Although it was fun. Like I love reading it though. Like this is great. <laughs> I try not to be mean though. And I will say like Chucky's one of maybe a few people that I've ever been like legit mean to. Usually yeah, I, to be. I'm only I'm only mean let's to see people. If we can, like, let's see if we can find them. Let's see. Usually I'm only mean to people like if they're bringing up like non-flying related topics that are divisive like if people are arguing about like politics and religion and someone's just like pushing somebody down and punching down chucky's probably like one of the few people like i'll admit i've been i mean to not to say i'm right or wrong about it but it it was mean I was don't be mean to chucky yeah leave chucky oh, yeah alone. he was fine at that point leave in time chucky he, he could be mean at that point in time <laughs> let's see chucky's a nice person like, I used to comment on his videos and be like, hey, Chucky, you eat any good books lately? <laughs> like, I was not nice. That's just not like you, Steve, to be mean. What? <laughs> That's not. Well, I'm trying, to find, I'm trying to find one of his savage comments. He had some good ones. I got to give him props. He had some savage comments. It was great. Oh, so you do remember him. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nothing ever will top Rick or the PPG Gorilla making a legit video. Oh, with the uh, with the Hitler with the thing, Hitler movie. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Wait, oh, he's yeah, yeah. coming down now in his I, I, life. His I didn't think he was capable down. of even editing a video like that. Uh, Aaron says he's mean. Where I'm mean to Chucky all the time, but it doesn't mean we don't like him. <laughs> It's sort of like they're being mean to the little kid. <laughs> That's Wait. bigger than all of them. Randy Suzanne keeping Steve in line. <laughs> oh, there, hey, there it is. Uh, just a reminder, Chuck, Chuckster was a huge influence with my whole cross-dressing thing. After his McDonald's video, I put up a clickbait one to troll him, and y'all see what that turned into. <laughs> there's there's the, and that was on what post? That was on Rick's post. Yeah, y'all yeah, better be careful. He, he's got more muscles than you do. What's funny is, uh, so there was like a guy when I was first starting out, I, I said something, I wasn't being mean, I was just trying to be funny on one of his, like he was, he was kiting and putting his shoes on and he was like, check this out. And I said, one of those things that I say, it wasn't to be mean or whatever. Just joking. I, 
I just, yeah, it was a total joke. And oh man, that guy just came unglued. Well, I met him six months later and within about five minutes, he was like, Hey dude. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I mean, to this day we're, we're still friends, but no, in person with anyone, I haven't had an issue. Um, someone at the bathroom it was actually funny at Bad Apples. Someone, I don't know. I, I don't know. If he, he was No, no, outside the bathroom. We're waiting on the line to go take a shower. You know how long those lines were there. Like together? Uh, I mean, if, if that's what you want to envision in your brain. <laughs> um, I don't know who it was, but he's an instructor. I think it's like uh, Carolina PPG or something like that. Whatever that guy is. He's like, you Chucky? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm not supposed to like you but you're not half bad. I'm like, Oh, thanks man. I appreciate it. That was like bathroom line talk. Great. Yeah. Like for as bad as like we could all be to each other, we got some like humanity to it. And it's like across the paramotor world. I think there's just so few of us in the spirit of what we have and what we do. We can, we can kind of find that connection. Yeah, absolutely. Travis wants to know if you're walking yet, Jane. Absolutely. <laughs> nope. Um, who's been the person that's like kind of spoke to you the most where they said something and was like man I didn't think about it that way would that person be like Trevor or did you have someone else in the community that dude who, what's his name Larry, Larry I always got the most from him and Matt Matt Woodworth he always he called me one time he talked to me for like two hours on the phone over a lot of things oh Matt did yeah dang I didn't think Matt called anybody yeah no he, he messaged me on uh Facebook, and then he's like, "Give me a call. Let's talk." And and Larry, who? Yeah, he's got gla- he's like sitting up straight with glasses or something. Yeah, Corell from Illinois. Yeah, him and Maddie, Matt Cohen, um, and then what's this guy's name? Todd. I don't really know if it's Todd. Todd Foss' dad. Oh yeah, Todd. He's pretty helpful. Jeremy says everyone is so mean on Facebook. Meeting people face to face is such a difference. Yep, he's right about that. I I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure Todd like disdains me or actually likes me. I kind of feel like maybe he doesn't, but he's been one of the most helpful people I've ever had. Like when he knows I'm going on a trip, he sends me a book of resources, even though I think I annoy the crap out of him. <laughs> And Tim too. Whatever the, the 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 Tim guy hates to have to help me. Like he wants to be a dick, but he knows like in the background he helped. He messages me and he's he's commented a couple of things like politely and helps a lot. I don't know Tim. Whatever he's like, like a black and white profile picture. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does like acro shit too. But he's an older gentleman. He's like sixty probably. Well, Warren is asking Chucky. I feel like you got a lot of unwarranted hate. Do you think that comes from being self-trained? You seem like a cool dude. I don't think self-trained has anything to do with it. I think just what I did has everything to do with it. Because there's going to be people that are self-trained that don't get in trouble and don't do anything wrong whatsoever. Well, you could have also went and got training and you would go on to do your mission flights or whatever. Yeah. And it was okay. You wouldn't have learned that probably in training, I bet you. Like, I don't think there's enough communication. with like You you, you just get taught how to fly. Yeah. And airspace is by what you did. What do you mean by what you did? Me? Yeah. Oh, plenty of like my, we all know dumb flights, like just stupid. I mean, 
Just um, flying where it's going to cause trouble. Yeah, it's just, like, just, it yeah, could yeah, cause potential trouble or will cause trouble, yeah. Yeah, like okay. if you don't have friends to you. tell you or that resource to be like, hey, you can yeah. go here, here. Like they don't yeah. teach that in a lot of training. Yeah. That's why yeah. I kind of blasted on the internet now. Like hey, you want to go fly, make some friends and talk to them. Yep. Yeah. So, and it's not the instructor's responsibility to know everyone's hometown and what their LZ is and what they're going to like. No, it's not their job either. The flying over places that you really didn't know where you, that you couldn't fly over. Yeah. So none of them were intentional. You breaking breaking thing, like law-wise, no. The only one I thought was going to be the most questionable one was me flying a 17.5, but I knew it was in legal airspace. Like that legality stuff was all the way. The only thing I didn't legally do was I wasn't 500 foot left and right of one of the clouds, and that was literally it out of that whole video. So Good. I still want an altimeter screenshot after that. Okay. You don't have to do it right now. <laughs> I have it. I don't think he believed me when I when I first did it. Mm. I don't think anyone, dude. Still, people don't believe it. People don't believe it. They're like, you, it's impossible to breathe that high. I'm like, no, it's not impossible to breathe that high. Well, guys. I don't. I don't. Uh, the only reason why I question is because I've seen uh, some of the older big guys having motor issues past fifteen thousand, usually capping around like fifteen thousand six hundred and stuff. So that's why I questioned it. No, dude, 87, whatever, 86, 80 was the RPM all the way. Like, I was full throttle for an hour, 17 hour, 20 minutes, somewhere around there. And it only dropped to, like, 83, 80 the whole way. That motor had, like, 1.5 hours on it. It was brand new, too. It had just gone through the break-in. I had, like, one flight on it. And then after that, I was like, you know what? Best time to do it. Brand new motor. Top the tank off and go. Just 10 liters of fuel. I am you trying to pull up. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> no. Is the comments even worth reading? I haven't read any of them yet. Um, I'm trying to find your your pictures or so the one video that you sent me with that I had in the intro with the clouds is that the one where you flew up that high? You had a jig uh, and yellow helmet. Yeah. Okay. Do it something like that. Yeah. So. No, I didn't even. No, I didn't send you that. No, I didn't send you. Like my highest flight? Yeah. No, I didn't send you that here. So Brian said, oh, there's, this must be a conversation between them. How old are you, Chucky? I forgot. How old do I look? 26. Young? Old enough? You got, you got to put a number on it. Come on. I'll say... Did Eric say 30? Yes. Damn, I'm not that old, dude. <laughs> I was, was going to say 28. Yeah, I'm 28. Okay. <clears throat> you right, old enough. Oh my gosh, some people are goofy. Oh, sorry, Wheezy. <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> no, Travis said he looks 40. That's, that's such a lot. I didn't Shane said 40. he looks 32. No, you don't look 40. Wait. <laughs> All right. 
Any other questions for Chucky? Chucky said, Chucky said he is willing to stick around for a few minutes if any of you want to um, <laughs> join in the after show. So I will put that link in the chat. Just remember to use Google Chrome. Mad Sloper, thank you. And he's glad a question. to meet Chucky. Here's a question from okay. Jeremy. Oh, I can't answer this on Jeremy. Oh. I can. I just it's 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 coming. It's gonna it's just not this year or it's like towards the end of next year. Okay. Okay. For Joe Rogan. So um don't forget to watch um Robert Michaels show tomorrow night. And then Monday night's Linda's show. Linda's <laughs> right show. Yep. She says it's her show. It's her show. That's all right. She does all the work. It's Linda Anderson's show on Monday night. Who do we got next week? Oh, let me look that up. Keep talking well. Keep entertaining, Steve. I'm done. You don't pay me by the hour. You gave me 20 bucks. This is all I get. <laughs> Maybe all I get, all I get. That's all Angie needs is $20. Mm -hmm. 20 we bucks have another $20. Floridian, Jesse Wyrick. Oh, I know Jesse. Okay. Cocoa Beach. Why do I know that name? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Let yeah, us say, dang straight, Jade. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I meant Jesse at Bad Apples. That dude's tall as hell. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty tall so, dude. Oh, was that your first um, time to any fly-ins, Chucky? Besides um, Walter's RC Park in Michigan? Yeah. Okay. Where my motor exploded. So, when yeah. are you going to come up to Torchport and see us? I would love, I would love to do that fly-in. I, 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 I was in Utah. That's the second, So my first trip to Utah... I separated my AC joint, my shoulder, skateboarding the first day like an idiot. Um, and then I had to go back out because I was actually going to just literally just show up at Tor Torchport. I had, my I had my paramotor up in Michigan, and I was like, I'm just going to show up there. And then I, Trevor's like, come out for this advance. We'll do just me and you and, like, two others. And I'm like, okay. Like, there we go. So they crossed. All right. Well, maybe next year? Yeah, I'm done. Cool. We'll be there, I think. Um, anybody want to join? Um, I'm going to put the link in one more time and we're going to say goodnight. And if you guys want to say hi to Chucky or ask him any questions off the feed, um, you can do that. Otherwise, have a good night and see you all next week. Good night, everybody. If we don't see you on there. We'll see you in the air. If you're interested in being on the show, just want to fly. You got great stories of how you got into the sky. Let us know. Share your stories.
Destiny.